to NCFM Today, a podcast about family medicine in the Old North State. This edition features an interview with Dr. Tom Roth, President and CEO of Community Care of North Carolina. Dr. Roth still maintains his clinical skills by part-time work at Piedmont Health Center, a federally qualified health center where he previously served as their chief medical officer. Dr. Roth received his medical degree from the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons and completed residency training in both family medicine and preventive medicine at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. I'm your host, Greg Griggs. Dr. Roth, welcome to our November podcast. Greg, thanks for having me. It's great to have you on here. Uh, Dr. Roth, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you have come to your current role uh, with Community Care of North Carolina. Sure, yeah. I'd love to tell you about the journey. I I really enjoyed hearing Dr. Daller and Dr. Hall uh, previously. And uh, yeah, so for me, like a lot of physician leaders, it started out, I, I came out of residency in 1998 and practiced pretty full scope for about five years in nursing home, hospital work, some prenatal care, no deliveries, uh, but pretty quickly started to um, look at, you know, why the practice was not working the way I wanted it to work and, and why uh, patients were having trouble uh, getting what they needed. And so just got more interested in how uh, these systems worked. Um, and, you know, I remember at that time with quality improvement and, and population health, we were putting quality data manually into an Excel spreadsheet to try to take care of our diabetics. And so it just became interested in how to improve some of those systems. And then um, I think part of it is being able to carve out time to go back and to, I got my MPH and did preventive medicine. Uh, and what was great, Greg, and, you know, I think for folks on the listening to the podcast that are interested in becoming physician leaders is you really realize that these other um, groups, public health and folks working on population health, payers, the health systems, they really need more physician input and especially input from practicing docs. And so I think that was the main part of my path. I felt like I could really contribute to uh, what was going on in public health and what was going on in our practice. And um, I ended up getting connected with uh, Dr. Alan Dobson way back in 2003. This is right when CCNC was starting to to really emerge uh, and did some work with them and then um, worked as a chief medical officer for our FQHC, which um, taught me a lot about, um, you know, again, these systems and how to support uh, physicians and other team members. And then came back to CCNC about seven years ago. And Greg, this is right when Medicaid managed care was was coming coming down the road, uh, and it was a you know really interesting time to watch um, how, uh, watch us figure out how best to pivot, how best to work with the the PHPs, work with the state at that time. And it's just been a it's been a great journey. You really got started almost from a quality improvement, practice improvement type of thing, how to deliver care better, how to develop that better mousetrap. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody feels that frustration. You know, we spend all this time with our patients and we see them every, you know, every three months and we're all beating our heads against the wall and uh, realizing, you know, that it's the, it's what happens in between the visits. It's what, um, you know, how do you engage and uh, help patients self-manage their conditions? Um, all of those things um, are, you know, that's the better mousetrap. And um, I just got really fascinated with that. And um, a lot of this is getting into this field of population health and how you use data to identify the folks that um, who you think might be doing okay, but then when you actually look, uh, they're not. Um, they're doing terrible with their diabetes. They're not taking their medications. All those things. So, what are the supports that help them and practicing docs uh, do better? And it, it's really a lot out, like you said, outside the walls of a doctor's office and outside the walls of hospitals. That's right. And, you know, part of it is once you're practicing for a while, you know, there's this complicated ecosystem out there. I mean, just trying to understand how Medicaid works and how personal care services work, how the formularies work, all of that. In some ways, that's part of what we call the administrative burden and what we don't like because it leads to paperwork. But in the other other ways, it's it, they're really some of the key supports that help our help our patients um, get what they need. Uh, well, you know, 2020 has certainly been one of the most interesting years of my life uh, and my professional career. And it, it's with COVID and everything else has brought a lot of new challenges, but it also brought some opportunities. And, uh, you know, what kind of challenges and opportunities did CCNC, you know, face this year with the pandemic? Yeah, and Craig, I completely agree. I think it's just been one of the hardest, but most um, also most rewarding and and interesting years. Um, I'd love to throw this quote in. I saw um, the pandemic upended the present, but it's given us a chance to remake the future. Uh, so really looking at what we've all done to support telehealth and, and really kind of stretch our muscles in population health, I think there's been some really great uh, improvements. So with CCNC, I think the first thing is um, the program was really designed to help the state solve some of the complex problems that come up. And um, so when COVID came, um, we, uh, we were positioned well to really help with building out things like contact tracing. And so we, we started out with just a system where we'd help support the local health departments with some staffing and um, working with AHEC, some uh, training and technical assistance. But now it's grown to where we're working with 77 health departments. We have about 1,100, 1100 case investigators and contact tracers. Um, so that, that work has grown, not something that we we uh, plan to do, uh, but it's something that was needed by the state, and we, it was great to be able to uh, support that effort. I think one of the more meaningful things is some of the work we've collaborated on is how do you, you know, the primary care practices and physicians have been really um, stressed in so many ways economically uh, from a, <laughs> a stress and burnout point of view um, and uh, in lots of ways. So what we've done to really help support telehealth, um, uh, partnering with Dr. Daller over at the state to um, help get telehealth up and help the, um, the, with the workflows and other things. And then some of the collaboration we've done to get some information out there about the payment protection program and on the financial side, helping the uh, practices stay whole. 
whole. That's been um, it's been great. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot. It's really been a time when some of the uh, really important state partners have come together. Um, the Academy, AHEC, the state, PEED Society, the Psychiatric Association, others, the Medical Society. And I think that's one of the great things about North Carolina. We really have all risen to the challenge and kind of pivoted a lot. And, you know, but I tell you what, hiring 1,100 contact tracers, that had to be difficult. You know, I'll tell you, we learned a tremendous amount. We got into a, a whole area that, um, you know, of course, we didn't have experience with. So we linked with an organization called Partners in Health up in Massachusetts, which has really developed a, a national model around. They, they do global health, but they, they've been there and done that in other countries. Um, and so we, we learned from them. With the partnership with the state, again, a very fascinating journey about how do you um, best support um, historically marginalized populations. We know the, the populations that have been uh, more severely affected by COVID, unfortunately. And, um, you know, some of, the, some of the key principles of hiring people that come from the communities that are trusted by the communities. So, you know, just taking a, staff and a staffing agency approach wasn't the right thing. We really tried to partner with uh, folks from across the state and really get down into the communities. And, and that's really, you know, strengthen the CCNC program overall. I know, you know, one of your next sort of pivots and uh, an ongoing pivot is uh, as we move towards implementation of Medicaid managed care, Medicaid transformation, uh, how is your work changing as an organization as we move uh, the Medicaid system to a managed care system? Yeah, it's been that's been another uh, really interesting journey, and in some ways, we've done a, a very significant pivot and pivoted from being a you know kind of a partner to the state to going much more into a commercial model, working with the PHPs. But in another way, we really kind of went back to our roots. Uh, you know, we've. Um, talked, we've worked together a lot on how best to support independent physicians. And even before Medicaid managed care, there was a real need to help practices with um, all the supports out there, help them with business services, help them with um, be successful in value-based contracts. And uh, so, you know, we helped bring together the Community Care Physicians Network. Um, and a lot of what um, we've done is really help um, enable that, that network to, um, to contract with PHPs and be successful with this uh, Medicaid transformation. And, you know, what's, I, I think one of the key principles there, Greg, is um, that we've done it by empowering the physicians to, um, to uh, design the system that they're going to be working in. So they've been kind of, you know, uh, uh, in, over their own destiny as opposed to someone else, uh, you know, creating their, their destiny. So, um, so I think one of, the, one of the key things there is that the physicians are kind of in charge. They've um, told us what they've needed in these contracts. They've told us what tools they need. Uh, and we're there more as kind of the, you know, the Intel chip inside or, or the back office. And uh, that's been the most important thing about CCPN. And then, you know, at the same time, we're continuing to partner with the state and we'll be caring for those um, excluded populations that don't go into managed care right away. And, and some of those excluded populations, quite frankly, are the most complex. 
Absolutely. The duly eligible. I mean, not only uh, from a clinical standpoint and uh, behavioral health standpoint, but, you know, social determinants of health. And then you get into how the duels are financed. You know, you've got part coming straight from the federal government, part coming through the Medicaid program, and they don't really talk. It's an incredibly complex area. Let's talk a bit about another kind of big change in healthcare, and and this is part of you know kind of Medicaid managed care, but it's really the move to value, and and what does that look like for family physicians and primary care in general? You know, what are some things practices need to be thinking about and steps they should be taking? Yeah, I think it's another really interesting 2020 um, uh, piece as well, right? We've got Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, that really came out with some great programs around trying to make practices whole um, because of COVID and and also linking that to moving towards uh, values. So trying to get uh, practices to join uh, some of the Blue Premier um, ACOs. Um, And then we've got all sorts of, we've got the health systems in the space. We've got Allidade. We've got some other great uh, companies out there. And so I think the big thing for primary care physicians and practices now is just figuring out who you're going to partner with and who you're going to align with. Uh, You know, if you're an independent physician uh, and practice, um, it's really kind of choosing your your tribe and who's going to be from a business standpoint, a clinical standpoint, and uh, as far as trust and transparency, who do you want to go on this journey with? Um, We know it. Uh, we're all in different, um, on different parts of that path, you know, uh, that some practices are really advanced and are starting to look at taking on risk with, with partners. And so you want to be with the right group to do that, of course. And then others are, um, are sort of um, a little, not as far down the road. So I think there's that choice for, for independent practices. And then, you know, if you're a salaried physician, you work for a health system or other entity, I think, you know, I just encourage folks to, to get involved. I, I think it's so powerful to be, um, you know, to, to really be in charge of your, your destiny. And the more you can get involved in quality committees or payment committees, um, uh, I think it'll improve job satisfaction. It really is about physician involvement and physician leadership really across the board. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, Greg, one one thing that's been really interesting is um, if you take the PHPs, you know, these are all pretty much companies that have done this in other states and they didn't have a CCNC program. They didn't have all this infrastructure out there. Um, And, you, when you really start working with them, they're just like us. They are, you know, a lot of them are, uh, you know, all about population health and, and creating these partnerships together, um, all about um, trying to narrow healthcare disparities. Um, these are kind of, uh, you know, a lot of them felt like CCNC people or, or other um, primary care physician folks. And we have, we've got some great leaders that are working with uh, some of the PHPs now. So one of the one of the interesting uh, things is just kind of walking in the shoes of the PHPs and really seeing that there is some partnership there. They're not the evil enemy and they want to make it work and we want, want to make it work. And, um, you know, I think there's, that's been a lot more positive than I thought. Yeah, we've got a lot of great uh, chief medical officers who are primary care physicians in, in uh, the prepaid health plans for Medicaid here in North Carolina. Uh, you know, people like Jeannie Comavess, who have been in North Carolina a long time, uh, and, and many others uh, who have been here 
understand North Carolina, and I think it's are helping move these plans forward as well. I think we're lucky to have those folks there. Uh, yeah, we're record, recording this just uh, shortly after the 2020 election, about a week after that. You know, uh, not getting into the politics of the election, but what are some of the important changes that you feel like uh, we should look for for primary care and family medicine uh, in North Carolina and nationally, you know, that may have uh, changed due to the election one way or the other? Yeah, again, what a what a great time to be uh, recording this. There's there's just so much going on. And yeah, I think we're all kind of processing it. Right. Um, so yesterday uh, at the federal level, the Affordable Care Act, when they started doing arguments, verbal arguments around uh, that case to the, uh, going to the Supreme Court. And um, and so we're all kind of watching that. I, you know, I think there's over a half a million people in North Carolina on uh, Obamacare. Uh, so kind of tracking that. And then, you know, North Carolina election was interesting in that um, it didn't uh, the landscape didn't change radically, right? We've got the governor coming back in, uh, and for the governor, what does he want to do with his with his uh, last four years? What does he want his legacy to be? And it'll be really interesting to see uh, the the debate around uh, Medicaid expansion. And um, although the General Assembly um, has stayed about uh, the the same, we've got key leaders in the General Assembly that um, have kind of stated their position on Medicaid expansion and. Uh, but we know that there are others that are um, more open, and I think that'll be really interesting to see how that how that plays out. And of course, that really affects um, a lot of us practicing in North Carolina. Um, I think the other thing, Greg, is the clear pricing project with the state health plan. Uh, the um, you know the treasurer was uh, reelected, and um, so that uh, logically it seems that the clear pricing. Uh, program will will move forward and what does that mean for uh, you know I think for primary care docs that has overall been um, positive in terms of the rates and now the the benefit design um, but there are others where it's not as positive and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there I uh, really appreciate you having this discussion today is there anything else uh, before we close that you'd like to share with our listeners Great. Well, I think I would say, and we've talked about this during the podcast is, you know, don't underestimate the stress and um, all the things that have happened in 2020. And, you know, I think my message would be to um, make sure that that our members are taking care of themselves uh, and that uh, especially because this is going to be a long winter. We've got flu season coming. We don't see a lot of relief ahead on, uh, on the horizon and hopefully to be coming soon, um, middle or early next year. But I'm just hoping that folks uh, take care of themselves and we need you. Our communities need you. CCNC needs you and uh, your patients need you. Well, Dr. Roth, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's been a great discussion. We'll have to have you come back on again in the not-too-distant future because with all these changes, I think there'll be a lot more you can add and, and tell our listeners. Once again, that has been Dr. Tom Roth, the President and CEO of Community Care of North Carolina. Thanks for joining us today, and stay on the lookout for the next edition of NCFM Today.